Hello and welcome to the Two Sticks Gaming Cafe podcast. I'm your host, James Hills, and I'm joined today by now longtime friend. I say that because I don't have very many longtime friends, Jim Ennis. Jim, how you doing? I'm doing excellent, excellent. Uh, as always, I appreciate you um, doing this with me. It's always easier uh, to talk to somebody versus like just going on these rants because the problem is, is I can't keep my thoughts in control. And then, <laughs> and then once you get to the end of one rant, you're like, so how did I even get here? And you try to back up. That's just the truth. So just having a conversation where I can bounce things off of you, uh, it's great. And uh, this isn't actually um, your first podcast with me. You are a veteran at this point. Is this the hat trick? Is this, this number three? This is number three, yeah. but the first time on this podcast, uh, you were on my other podcast. Do you remember what that one was? I, I didn't know you had multiple podcasts. I do. I, I tell you, your portfolio so, is so vast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, actually, yes. Yeah, so, the first podcast is uh, with the salesman, where, uh, of course, Jim and I would talk a lot about um, leadership traits, qualities. Um, I th- we talked a lot about a lot of things, but I think mostly it was around leadership and, and development from, I guess, our perspective, and we're kind of just putting that out in the uh, audio sphere. Uh, no, today, you know what today is, Jim, actually? Coming off this topic, you know what today is? What is today, sir? Today is the inauguration of the 2-6 Gaming Cafe podcast. This is episode oh. one, where when I was doing the other podcast, I think I brought you in somewhere in the teens... If I remember that went, that series ran in the late twenties of episodes. It's still out there. I left it out. Um, it's pretty much distributed everywhere that allowed me to distribute it with the cursing that I have. Because <laughs> Apple Apple Podcasts, what happens in Apple Podcasts? I think they, they they screen some of the podcasts. So I have twenty something episodes. Let's call it thirty. Um, and I only think in Apple Podcasts, there's probably like a dozen or so that made the filter. Like they allow certain things, but they don't allow like the f bomb. So, um, but it is distributed, and so will this one. I'm going to distribute it pretty much anywhere the podcasts are going to be available, because um, as we were discussing off air, um, I just I want to just push out a lot of content as we um, progress through this adventure that I think we probably will touch on uh, later in this episode. So yeah, this is the inaugural episode, and you're part of it. So now you're part of my my history. Awesome. Um, until I delete you. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting for me because I really want to document um, what Two Sticks Gaming Cafe is going to be. Um, so, but first, I just wanted to do like a, a, a soft introduction um, with Jim. So, uh, Jim and I worked together um, a couple of years back, and uh, just ever since then, we've been friends. And we discovered on an earlier podcast on the other series that I had that uh, there's a little bit of gamer in you, a little <laughs> bit right? in your in your past, right? Is and was that like uh, was that Atari or like Commodore? Like what, what were you playing? Oh, uh, I, I tell you what, I'm old enough. I can remember when my parents brought home the Atari, and it was awesome because. Uh, it, instead of getting the game Combat, you got Pac-Man free with the Atari game, and uh, and I was uh, I was big into video games. Uh, I remember uh, playing Sega Madden, and when I first realized that video games were insane and were really going to be you know the future of insanity uh, was when me future and of some insanity. and some yeah and and some friends were of course. Uh, uh, 
illegally partaking you know, in, uh, in some things because we were under 21. And sure. We were yelling and screaming and literally wanting a fist fight because we were playing the replay on the Sega and we were arguing whether or not it was pass interference. <laughs> uh, okay. And, you know, so now where you see where video games are, back then that's kind of what I saw. I was like, you know, you can actually tell that these are real people, that these are real players. Uh, when I probably got away from it and life just got more than I can handle, you know, to have extra time for video games is... Man, that's uh, you grew up, Jim. That's what you want to well, say. I don't, no, I don't want to. Say, I don't want to say I grew up. I mean, buddy, for the love of God, I have eleven guitars hanging on my wall, and every oh, day I wake up saying, "Man, I need to play play my guitar for at least two hours today." That's and I and I haven't picked one picked one up in probably two weeks. You don't consider like playing the guitar an art as opposed to uh, like well, school classified well, arts? I'm, yeah, I'm saying it's not like people say, "Hey, I grew up. I don't play guitar anymore." You like you're not playing Guitar Hero. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Though. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think it's that I grew up. It's it's just that. You only got so much time in a day, and just didn't seem like there's time. Now, my kids, trust me, my three kids played enough video games for everybody on my block. Isn't it? Isn't it strange, like how we, uh, like somewhere within us, like we, we make that determination. Like for you, there's no time, but for someone who is an avid gamer, they somehow make the time. Like somebody who's a who's a student, like you mentioned. You know, we know countless people who are who are full time students and work full time jobs, but somehow are able to rack up like eighty hours of gaming a week. You know, I know them. You know, we, I'm uh, affiliated with Team Sentinel, and these guys are, you know, their parents, full time jobs, um, and somehow they're they're putting out like 30 hours of streaming content every single week. It just it blows my mind. Um, I hear you 100. percent It's just, it's crazy. You know, an interesting point on that. There was a movie, Multiplicity, and there there was an aspect in it that was really cool. So they uh, they they had just developed cloning, and uh, and the main character gets a clone of himself, right? And this kind of sums up how we are. He's like, hey, I'm just too busy. I need, I need a clone of my exact self. And he's gonna like hang out with my wife and take the kids to their sporting, you know, uh, sporting events and okay. stuff, right? So he can do whatever he wants. How long do you think it took before the clone was like, hey, I need a clone? <laughs> and you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we work 60, 70 hours a week and we're like, man, I just don't have enough time. But you know what, if we, if we only work 20 hours a week, you know, we would still want more time to do more things. You know, it's it's always that that thirst. You know, that thirst to do more and, and, and to jam as much as you can into those twenty four hours. Yeah, I don't know how we do it. To be honest with you, that could, that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. We won't deep dive into that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a already lot. off on a tangent. Yeah, I know it's already started. So um, and then a little bit about myself. Uh, I am a gamer. I'm a gamer to this day, uh, not nearly as much as uh, let's just say five years ago, even six years ago. Um, but I still do game. I have a PlayStation 4, and I, I, uh, I computer game with my brother on occasion. We still play this game that came out in the... Um, somebody's really going to correct me here. I want to say it came out in 98, called Diablo 2 on PC. Um, somewhere, somewhere around then. And then uh, they had an expansion pack that came out in 2000 called Lord of Destruction. So to this day, we still play this game. Um, it's a Blizzard game, which... I mean, those games just hold... Like, what, what really started the... Um, online gaming, like multiplayer, the world that we're in right now, actually, what, what really kickstarted this whole thing was uh, StarCraft, which is a Blizzard game. And I think that was the first professionally played game online, um, professional meaning like teams with sponsors and endorsements and the whole nine, like paid gamers. And um, it was, uh, that had been 15 or 16 years ago. So actually, competitive gaming has been around for, for a very, very long time. Um, which is a little bit about what you know we're going to get into with uh, the Two Six Gaming Cafe, but uh, yeah. So and Blizzard's huge, 
Um, but Diablo 2, Diablo 2 I play and, um, and some PlayStation 4, which Call of Duty um, is the game I'm playing right now, which has got to be probably the most popular console game probably ever, I would think. Maybe next to Grand Theft Auto. Um, although I think Madden might be up there. I don't know. See, I might be getting the facts wrong. Madden's got to be up there too. Huh? What do you think? So uh, um, my earliest, my fondest gaming memories with my brother. See, when I was in Hawaii at the time, this had to have been, I don't know when PlayStation came out. I want to say 96 or 97. And uh, my brother at the time might have only been 15 or 16. He went out and somehow afforded and purchased a PlayStation. And once I got my hands on it, like I saw him game, like we had Nintendo, like we would game, but it wasn't until I got my hands on PlayStation that like, I knew, like, like what you said, it was like madness. It was, it was straight madness with PlayStation because there was nothing else like it. It was, it was setting the new curve for gaming. And I've just been hooked ever since. Um, what so do you think is going to be the next curve? I mean, that's a really that, good question. Because yeah. here's the thing, you know, uh, of course, when the first Nintendo came out, you know, that left everything else in the dust. Then Sega, right? And then, like you said, PlayStation. What's going to be the next thing? So, you know, I think, and, and like, it's really hard to give you a compelling argument, but I think it's going to be VR and AR. Uh, so, like, of course, I'm talking about augmented reality and virtual reality. And I, it's that's a hard argument because if you remember in the late 90s 98 99 nintendo had that like vr boy remember that it was like this red thing it was on a tripod and you stick your head oh, in yeah. it and it had it was like mario tennis i think was the game it launched with and uh, that was a flop right i guess people were getting headaches and it was expensive and um and that was kind of like the first go at the virtual mind at least as far as i know the first go at virtual reality gaming but just four or five years ago remember when pokemon go came out oh dude it took the world by storm. Yeah, That's augmented reality. It allowed you to, uh, I know they said that the purpose of the game was to get you outside and walking around, which is all good and well, but that's just not how we used it. Um, we cheated like we do everything else, but um, but you were able to walk around and in your own world and see these virtual Pokemon that people were catching. Um, and I think that was the first sign that like that was gonna be the future because it, it dominated anything else that was going on at the time. When people were getting into car accidents, because yeah, they're playing yeah. the game while driving, because something popped up. Uh, I saw one time in the news in New York that somebody was running across the street because there was some rare something that was in this the park, and as he was jetting across the street, he gets hit by a car. Oh wow! Over this game, yeah. so I mean, man, you want to talk about craze? Um, and that was so that was kind of like the big, the first big augmented reality. And then of course, like PlayStation has VR now, and we're seeing like VR and like David Buster's has VR. Disney and Universal Studios have kind of like that VR, the VR rides. Um, I just see that that's we're seeing the trend now, and I just think that somebody's gonna perfect it along the way. Have you um, seen uh, the movie Ready Player One? Yes. Now, uh, we're not, and of course, not just the helmet, you know, the full bodysuit. But what amazed me the most was that 360 treadmill. I was like, oh, I never even contemplated something like that. So that's already out. If you remember in that movie, I guess one of the big sponsors of the movie was Oculus. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were a small startup company. I think they got started on Kickstarter, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they had a showing on um, uh, Shark Tank. Um, I'm just going off memory here. But uh, so yeah, they're big, uh, a small VR company that eventually made it real big. So in the Ready Player One movie, they were using Oculus products. 
which is kind of neat. So Oculus, that does exist actually. They have, I don't know what they call it now, but I, I, I used to know, but it's a circular pod that's gotta be, yeah, yeah it's gotta be like, I don't know, four feet in diameter. I mean, it's kind of, it's smallish, and, but you stand in it and you strap in so you don't fall and you can run in 360 and this, this plate like just, yeah. yeah, spins and rotates. So that's actually, that's out, that already exists. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the price on that thing runs, but I know like the Oculus. <laughs> well, the Oculus itself and like the little handles they come with. I want to say those are they're up there. They're got to be three, four hundred dollars for that thing. Um, but it's great. They're actually so. Kind of going back to your question, this is how you also know that they're going to just pretty much rule the world, not Oculus per se, but but the virtual reality because we're now starting to see VR movies through oculus meaning that not only can i watch the movie that technology existed for years but um you and i can log into a room like a chat room and we can watch the movie together virtually oh. i would see your like avatar that you created and your avatar would be sitting next to my avatar and we can turn to each other and have a conversation as we're watching the same movie you know, and, and, and we've talked about this before, about the social aspect being huge. You know, especially having uh, younger kids and, you know, a 9, a 12, and an 18-year-old. Uh, and, and, and I tell you, the, uh, the video game for them, it is all about who they're playing with online. He, you know, the 18-year-old, you know, him and his, you know, he lives in New Jersey. His girlfriend lives here in Georgia. You know, even for them, you know, they're playing video games together online. Right. The 9-year-old, the the, the of course, you know. I can all I can hear him, you know. And of course, you're referring to your kids. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that uh, random nine year old that you know. And I don't. I got you. Yeah, I don't know that they'd be as crazed and as insane uh, if it wasn't so social. I mean, they're going, they're going to, you know, my son's going to hockey practice. He's going to school, and they're uh, and they're talking about playing the video games right. and things like that. You know, so it's like an extension of. of of their social like it's really neat it's really yeah neat. I mean you know the argument can be made both ways and there's a lot of people who are who are um, fighting the social epidemic um, something that I'm trying to attack as well where people are disconnecting from like the I don't want to call it real life because of course it's still it's all still real life but but the human to human social behavior and there's real studies that are saying that people are, are missing these skills these developmental skills but uh, but I, but you can also argue like to your point that the this the social life has never been better because not ten years ago if you know you had kid one in New Jersey and kid two here in Georgia um, outside of a phone call there is no communication um, no personalized communication between the two of them and now you can do it via a game you can do it now through like the Oculus watching a movie together it's, it's really neat to kind of see where, where that's heading. I'm going to try to make a point. I'm going to try to make it as fast as possible. Um, they, and and I'm, I'm going way back. I don't know the, uh, the exact year, but they, they realized uh, that uh, this one orphanage for babies um, had a high mortality rate um, you know, in, the, in the children. You know, so they, they decided to do a study to see uh, what was causing it. Well, when they went in, they noticed, of course, you know, when, uh, whenever you know, the nurses had free time, they, they'd come in and they would hold the babies that were closest to the front. So the babies that were further away, that weren't getting any human contact, and mm. basically stayed you know, in, in their own crib-like enclosure. The lack of human contact would, would actually cause uh, would actually cause them uh, you know the uh, the high, the higher mortality rate. Now, how insane to imagine that we can have human contact without actually having human contact? That you can have this social aspect sitting at home, you know, playing playing a video game, and it's it's just like being held. You know, it's just like you know that nurse coming in, lifting you up out of your crib, and putting you on her uh, 
you know, on her, you know, putting your head on her shoulder right. and rubbing your back. Uh, and I, so to me, I just find that amazing. I find it amazing too. But what just hit me is, you know, something that I don't know that we've touched on at least on any of the podcasts we've done together. But just the the level of education that you have is like just blows my mind. I mean, and you just know these random facts. So so it is it is really interesting. And I, you know, now I'm curious, and I'm probably gonna next time I'm like sitting on the toilet. I'm probably gonna look into that because I wonder, like, so that early in their development makes a difference long term. That's that blows my mind. That they have a study where they could see in the nursery, like, just being born. Infant mortality. No, no, it wasn't in the nursery, and and and, it, um, and I forget exactly what it was. And I'm I'm going way back. We're not talking about like ten years ago. Great. Yeah, I'm going way back. Uh, and it was it was similar to like an orphan uh, an orphanage, you know, for um, kind of like unwanted newborn children. Oh, so, so we're talking okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. newborn. So they had a a high percentage of, uh, of infant mortality, right? The babies were dying, and they just couldn't figure out why. So they came in to do a study, and uh, and this was something you know I had learned. Uh, I have a degree in psychology. You know, yeah. one of the uh, one of the things that they they uh, they went over in one of my classes was that it was the lack of human contact that they felt was uh, was creating the um, the increase in, the, in mortality. So the children were, the babies were dying because they weren't getting human contact. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, you having that degree definitely puts you at a uh, more advantage than the little bit that I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and it's probably a topic I'm gonna touch on later on because like I said, it's something that's uh, gonna be very relevant in the uh, Two States Gaming Cafe, which I'm gonna define here in a second um, in the future. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was I wanted to document everything. So we are in the beginning stages, even though I've founded the company, if you wanna use that word, in uh, November of 2016, um, we've had some hiccups and some delays, but uh, but let's just say right now, it's it's still in its infancy, and, um, and I think it's going to become a reality in the coming months here. So I thought this was a good time to start documenting the, the progress, one, for reflection, but two, um, for anybody else who's out there who's doing this, because um, you know, I think that uh, one competition is is very healthy. So, uh, not that you're going to find any value here. That'd be very narcissistic of me to think that somebody's going to listen to this and, and find value. But I'm hoping that somebody finds value in this. Um, but uh, but I think um, it was just I don't know why. I just wanted to document it. It's just it hit me that I wanted to, to just create a bunch of content. So uh, the podcasting part of it, and I'd like to continue. Is this something that we can do, Jim? You think in the future we just continue to do like these? You do these guest host co-hosting. Well, I can t- I can tell you when you open up the cafe, and I wasn't there from the very beginning, but I was there um, shortly after. I think the idea came about. I can remember mm-hmm. when, uh, working at Fams and when you first brought it to, to my attention. Now the right. bad news for you is when you do open it, it's going to be like a barber shop for me. Um, I'm not going to come in to get my hair cut, but I'm going to be there all day. Just to talk. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, it's good. Yeah, and I'd like to have you on the podcast in the future. So um, so we're going to talk about a wide range of things. Um, but anyway, going back to its inception, uh, so this is just part of it. I just want to continue to document you know, what we've accomplished, what's, what's next on the agenda, um, and where I see it going. So what Two Sticks Gaming Cafe is going to be is it is what it is. Face value, it is a gaming cafe. So think like... 1980s, 1990s retro arcade with the big consoles. It's that same concept, but instead of the um, old arcade style consoles, we're gonna have televisions and and modern day consoles, PlayStations, Xbox, Wii's, things of that nature. Um, so in its simplest form, that's what Two Six Gaming Cafe is gonna be located here in Georgia, um, location pending currently. But um, I'd like to be pretty pretty close by to where I live. Um, part of the idea is. 
Uh, we talked about the social aspect of it. Because there is truly a social epidemic happening, uh, I thought that giving an environment for these individuals who are gaming at home to now put themselves into an environment where they can be social, I think it's gonna be highly impactful. That's just my thoughts. We're, we're allowing them to continue to do what they wanna do because they're gonna do it anyway, right? You don't wanna strip them of that because then you have resentment. And, um, but it's, it's now giving them an outlet where they can do it in, a, in an environment where they're around other people who are like them. So they're still gonna do the gameplay, you know, like the example you gave of their friend in another state, but at least they're gonna be sitting next to somebody else who they can now befriend um, or have some common interests. And, and I think that's just the beginning stages of um, development. So I think it'd just be a healthy environment. That's just, that's a small part of it as well. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're gonna have on the horizon. And I think we'll slowly touch on them as the podcast continues. Um, and, you know, speaking of content, you know, it was interesting, Jim, is couple months ago, I stripped CEO and founder off of all of my social media. And so I know as I was talking about you know, creating content and doing the podcast, it occurred to me that I did this and I wanted to find a way I could just like throw this in there. So I don't know if the timing's right, but, um, but I'm starting to feel a little bit like a, a poser. I do have a company, right? It is, it is um, legitified with certificate and as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to renew here this April. But um, I, I felt like it was fake because there wasn't anything there, right? There was no context really behind this company that I was quote unquote putting founder and creator of um, or CEO in my title. So I stripped it um, and I don't know, I just, I feel like that was the right thing to do. You know, like I don't wanna, we're seeing more and more of these people who are putting CEO on their um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter bios to, I guess, uh, to show other people who are following them that, that maybe there's something that they're trying to be. And I didn't want to fall into that same category. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, it, was just, it was just a weird thing that occurred to me as I was talking. I just wanted to just throw it out there. So you can follow us. Um, we're everywhere pretty much we're Two Sticks LLC, the number two STX LLC. Um, you know, of course, this podcast. I think it's just Two Sticks uh, but definitely follow us as the uh, as this adventure continues because I think things are going to really start ramping up here. Um, I dare to say, like thirty days. The one thing I will say, and as I said, I haven't been there from uh, from the beginning, is we've had times where we haven't seen each other. You know, maybe in a in a month or two. And every time that I've seen you, you know, I've I've, I've brought it up. And every time it wasn't just a yeah, you know, I'm still motivated. Uh, you always have a, this is what I've worked on, you know, I've done this, you know, these are the steps. Um, now, it's been two years, and I, and I know, you know, um, you said, hey, you know, we don't actually have a physical building yet, but the work that you've done from then to now has never stopped. I appreciate it, Jim. It's nice of you to say, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I am working on it. And, uh, and, I, and, you know, weirdly enough, I think that the more I put it out there, like the beginning of this podcast, I think is now in some way, shape, or form, um, holding me accountable to now make sure the idea um, sees a beginning, you know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, I just, I just know deep down in my blood that uh, this is maybe not this idea, but doing something on my own, like being an entrepreneur is what I was meant to do. I just, the moment the thought occurred to me, I just knew I was, I was all in. It wasn't, I wasn't like uh, some people call it half pregnant. I wasn't like, I wasn't half pregnant on the idea. I was, I was fully committed, so, um, so yeah, I appreciate that. I do do a lot of work on it. Um, and, you know, and there are other cafes out there, so like a lot of the ideas and inspiration I got from 
um, like Europe and Asia who've been doing this for years. And I know there's been, even in Georgia, we have other, you know, I want to say pseudo, I don't want to knock anybody, but like pseudo gaming cafes, but they have kind of like their own twists, more of them are like more bar um, emphasized. They want you to come buy alcohol because that's, that's how they, you know, monetize their attention. Um, but for me, it's going to be just straight gaming because um, that's just what the what I'm passionate about. Um, but uh, I do like the what's the right word? Mediocrity. Like the you're gonna you're gonna be successful on your own or failing your own. So I don't believe in being the first was most important. I think just being the best is most important. So uh, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be the best gaming cafe in Georgia, and that's my commitment to the people who who happen to be local and can experience this or who are just gonna follow us um, on social media and kind of just cheer us along and live vicariously through, uh, through what we're doing. So, so that is the plan. Um, but I do I appreciate that, Jim. It means a lot, actually. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna take credit from anybody. There's been a lot of people along the way who've, who've helped push the ideas along. It's one reason why I think you and I get along so well is because I can bounce things off of you and then you give me just your experience and your feedback albeit not part of the community. It's kind of, it's nice that you have the unbiased opinion um, when I do bounce his ideas off. Um, so yeah, you've been, you've been a big part of it. Well, you know, a lot of people, they're like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. But like I said, you know, uh, if it's been a couple of months, every time I talk to you about it, it's, I've done this, you know, I, this is where I eventually wanna to get to, but I'm still taking steps, you know. Um, it isn't just talk, you know, there, there's been action uh, for, the, for the last two years. Yeah, and, and it's going to continue. Like I said, the, this podcast is the beginning of, of the excitement sort of ramping up, at least for me. Um, so, um, so anyway, yeah, the, I guess one thing that we can jump into and talk about today, um, I'll just tell you where I'm at currently. And I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to put out there publicly. And uh, I started a new hashtag, by the way. So if you are on social media, you can present questions. Um, any feedback that you might have um, using the hashtag two sticks podcast, the number two STX podcast. And I'll be looking out for that hashtag being used and then maybe it'll come up on a future podcast that I do. Um, so definitely engage with us. But where I'm at currently, you know, is I'm, I'm stuck in this weird area of how much can I talk about something without being fake like how much can I say, I'm gonna do this and we're gonna do this and this is what I'm committing to um, because there's nothing tangible there yet. Um, and is it then a desperate plea to get people to to get engaged? Like It's like fake attention or I'm, I'm just trying to get you engaged and following me, but I have no intent on using your attention. So like what's happening a lot out there are, um, there's this, i just give you the best example. There's this girl who is in Georgia who's talking about writing a book and it's gonna be about this and I'm gonna help you here and she's constantly putting information out and engaging with people. However, it's been so much talk that at least on my end being a follower of hers that I'm not seeing anything happen of it so now I'm starting to feel like this was all ploy to get me to follow you to, you know, because now I'm talking to you, my followers see I'm talking to you and you're just, you're just finding ways of gaining attention but you're not, you're not putting any action behind it um, so I thought what it was neat uh, earlier you had said uh, to the podcasters, hey, you know, uh, let me know if, if you think, you know, I'm not working hard enough. You know, I thought it was really neat. You know, forced accountability. Um, so, I, you know, kind of the impression I got is you said, hey, everybody listening out there, if there's anything that you think I'm, I'm falling short on, you know, hold me accountable. 
And, and I tell you what, man, that is amazing. That is spectacular. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and make an analogy. Um, I had read somewhere once that if you go on a diet, you know, there's all different types of like, of like motivation and things like that. But go ahead, put it on your Facebook, put it on your social media, right? Because at some point, somebody's going to have to come back and be like, hey, are you still on that diet? Right, right, right. And it's, you're going to have to answer that. It's, it's like, uh, uh, you watch Family Guy? Yes. It's like uh, Stewie and Brian on Brian's book. You know, how's that book come in? Uh, you, the real page turner, you know, did you finish that chapter? Does it have you a, a beginning, the, middle, end? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's it. yeah, it's funny, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but it is hard because not everybody's going to hear this podcast, especially, yeah. you know, I'd be naive to think that the person who might be listening to this podcast also happens to follow me on all my, all my social media and vice versa. People who might be following me on my social media, um, which is like a combined, like I think, thousand people at this point um, are going to listen to the podcast. So, so like, where's the line of, for me, it's just a, it's a really hard mental line of separation of, am I putting stuff out there, but weren't, but people who are following are not seeing something behind it. Um, like, like I said before, the actionable, um, where then it starts to become fake, even yeah. though I believe strongly that there's going to be an inception, but to that point, you know, it, am I going to lose people's attention? Am I, am I stealing attention as opposed to having an ROI for people who might be following me. Um, it's just a weird place for me to be in. So I, I, I actually don't right now talk about like, this is what we're gonna have and this is what I'm gonna do and here are my thoughts and ideas. Um, so I'm just kind of stuck in this place of like, do I put it out there or don't I? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, and I don't wanna spend too much time talking about the other people, but like the person you said about the book, uh, there's only one person that knows if she's being fake or Possibly she's just one of those like insanely OC, uh, OCD people, you know, the, oh, look, squirrel, you yeah. know. Um, I watched an, an episode of Modern Family and I was like, man, that's me to a T. The one, uh, the one character's like, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to clean the garage. And he starts taking some stuff off the shelf. He's like, oh, I need to get tools. I'm going to build another shelf over here, you know. And then when he goes to get the tools, he's like, oh, I need to get more tools. So he goes to the store to buy more. And I was like, that's me. I, I get motivated, you know, and I'm centered on one thing, and then boom, something else grabs my attention, then boom, something else. Uh, I think as people, we're attracted to the energy. We want to be motivated, but only that person knows, are they deep down inside saying, hey, how can I get people to, to follow and watch me? Or are they really motivated in that moment, and they're just getting, you know, kind of sidetracked? Right. Uh, that's tough to say. I will tell you that you are not that person. We had a couple of... Uh, you know, uh, side projects that that, that we had uh, we had worked on, and anytime I ever brought uh, brought it up to you, uh, remember the, uh, the the logo idea? I brought that uh, brought that up to you just a couple of weeks ago, and you were like, you know, I don't think that that's uh, that's something you and I could focus and spend our time on right now, right? There there was no, well, maybe we could do this, and you know, there was no wishy washy. It was, hey, that's something if you you know if you if you want if you want us to put time and energy into, we're gonna have to back burner it because neither of us can do that right now. Right. There was no middle ground. Right. Yes or no? Right. Yeah. Well, based on practicality, which I like to think that I, I do base a lot of my decisions on, is practicality. Um, that's a good observational point. This isn't about like building me up, Jim, but I do appreciate that. Um, yeah. I just. Uh, I mean, you see the dilemma, and you know, and the next step is is so like today I want to talk about the direction that we're heading, and I just kind of want to bounce some ideas off of you because again, we're just we're documenting kind of the progress and our buildup, and um, I think the first thing I want to talk about. 
is something that I'm the most excited for. And I'd love to hear kind of just your perspective on it. So in Two Sticks Gaming Cafe, um, most games are, are teams of four or five. When you think about first-person shooters, some of the bigger games that are out right now, first-person shooters, and, you know, even like game, you played Madden, you know, even games like Madden. Um, so I had the idea of, you know, we build these like satellite tables um, throughout whatever area that we, we end up um, filling. And it'll be like a, an octagon where essentially we can host um, two teams on one table. So in a perfect world, if we were doing something on, in a, on a competitive level and it's a 4v4, you would literally have the two teams that are playing each other sitting at one table together. And I just thought from a social dynamic, that would be really, really interesting because now not only are you playing them online like you were before, but now you've got that human being sitting on the other side of you. Or in, in two people's cases, they're gonna be sitting next to each other, right? If you're on an octagon. Um, what's kind of, what, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's a that's a great idea. And actually, when you when you said it, the first thing I, I started thinking about is you know this is this is an, an idea that goes back you know from the beginning of time you know and all you're doing is just putting a modern spin on it you know. Um, my great grandparents grew grew up in I'm, I'm sure they were in bowl, bowling leagues right, uh, and it was that social aspect and that competition right. Right. Uh, so uh, it's the same thing. It's just like you said you know now it's surrounding you know. Uh, what the new technology is, which is video games, and uh, I tell you, I really think the uh, the interest a the interesting aspect of putting them all at one table, especially coming from Philly, man, that's smack talking. You know, right. now you're not smack talking, you know, on a keyboard or smack talking right. into a microphone, right? That person's right there. There is again, there is accountability. You have to look that person in the eye if you're going to say right. or do something. Yeah, if you pass or fail, right, hundred yeah. um, percent. But is there a downside to that? Meaning that. Is, is now the level of maybe trash talk going to be lower <laughs> because now I see Jim sitting on the other side of, uh, on the other side of the table and you know maybe he's maybe he's my senior in terms of age maybe he's bigger than me maybe he's smaller than me like there, so I think it adds an interesting dynamic that maybe it actually changes the authenticity of what's really happening when these people are competitively playing against each other. Well, and you know you've heard a lot of you, you've heard a lot of uh, people go. Ten times further than they should. Why? Because you know they're at home on their keyboard. They're right? safe. They're safe. You're not taking that. You're not. You're not taking that aspect away. So I, I think you're going to get a lot more of a, of a genuine response, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think the the person that's sitting at home and knows that you're not going to knock on their door and and try to beat them up, you know, <laughs> they they deliberately you know get get play more of that agitator role. Um, yeah, I, th I, I think a lot of the negativity that has uh, has surrounded um, online gaming, I think it's going to take a lot of that away. Um, I, th I think it's going to be a lot more positive because you know now you're going to be a lot more respectful, right? You know when uh, when that person's there. And uh, you know I don't know how I'm going to attack that actually. So that is on the back of my mind because I want to reinforce positivity. Yeah. Not that I expect these competitive players sit across from each other and just compliment each other all day long. Like, you know, <laughs> I am getting my ass kicked. Yeah. Great job. You know, you guys are doing great team. You know, I, not that I expect that, but, um, but you, your bowling analogy was kind of a, kind of a good point. Cause I was thinking football in the back of my mind that at the, at the end of the day, so they, they trash talk leading up to the game during the game, they trash talk. But what you always see at the end of these games are just the acknowledgement of like, damn, you're, 
you are a really good player. This was a really good game. Or it was hard. So, you know, not like the cliche line up and, and touch gloves, you know, like, like hockey. <laughs> but, I think, but I think there is a mutual respect that does happen when you have the person in front of you. So, um, and, and, and I do believe there's going to be trash talking. Oh, for sure, right? man. I don't for think sure. that there's going to be that insanely over-the-top, disgusting trash talking when, when people step over that line. And, right. and that's what you're seeing, you know, online a right. lot. What do you, from your outside perspective, what do you think of esports in general? Like, do you consider it a sport? Oh, uh, well, I tell you, uh, my kids, of course, they're, they're huge in uh, playing the NHL. And, uh, you know, it doesn't limit how much they go out and play real hockey. You know what I mean? Uh, they, what I've at least seen with them is the sports they like in real life are the sports they like to play on video games. Right, the sports that they like to watch on TV are the sports they like to play on video games. Do you think it drives more engagement? Well, I mean, let's take sports out of it then. What about like the first-person shooters? So I'm mean, obviously not going out shooting. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, so, so, but, but, but in general, do you, you, would you consider outside of the fact that it's called esports, do you consider gaming to be a sport? Oh. That's a great question, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think people just spend too much time arguing over over the labels and, and things like that. Uh, I say, hey, you know, as, as, as long as, as the kids are engaging positively, right, uh, you know, there, there is some some, acts, some aspects of exercise involved, I'm in. I think, um, you know, I asked that question, it was a loaded question because it wasn't until recently, like I acknowledge it was yeah. esports, yeah. you know, I acknowledge that. It's a team environment. I acknowledge that these people are getting, some of these people are getting paid, right? Yeah. Um, I, I was listening to something pretty recently that said that the average UK professional esports player brings in about ten to twenty thousand. This is European player, so I don't know the currency conversion. Maybe you do, but ten to twenty thousand euros a month. Like some of these players are making so much money that they're dropping out of high school oh, wow. because they're making hundred thousand dollar incomes yeah. annually playing this game. Now you can't do that in perpetuity. But, uh, but what's happening, some of these guys will then, you know, become coaches and, uh, you know, they become like announcers as this game progressively got bigger. Last year, they set a record. Um, there was a Call of Duty tournament in Nevada, in Las Vegas, Nevada, where like the grand prize was like $2 million. Wow. And uh, these wow. esports these e teams, they have now, they've gotten to the point where they have now like onboard nutritionists. They have... Um, um, what do they call them? Um, uh, personal trainers. Yeah. So, so they, they go through the whole like like a professional sports team would. I mean, they have people. They have days of the week where they have scheduled exercises. They have they have prepared meals. And when you're making that kind of money, like why wouldn't you have that, right? Like we're not going to be binging McDonald's, you know. But um, it's crazy. And to see the sponsorships, like in Europe, some of the bigger sponsorships are like banks. But I'm even seeing now, and I don't know if you've caught this, but when you watch some of the National sports like soccer or football, if you want to be um, politically correct, but before to to engage the the crowds that are not in the gaming, um, they're they're finding ways of they're they're taking esport like known esports athletes if you want to call them that, and they're plugging them during commercials for soccer matches. Have oh, you seen wow. that? No, no. Because, you know, as people get older, so maybe you were a gamer years ago and you're not a gamer now, but now you're seeing this guy who's talking, he's, you know, he's talking about esports and it, and it re-engages you back into that environment or at least familiarizes 
or you get familiarized with that environment again because now you got this guy talking about it because now you'd be thinking about you know who's this dude ninja with pink freaking hair <laughs> and so it would then you see him somewhere else or you see him pop up on twitter and then you make that connection oh i saw him during the commercial of the soccer and it just it takes you down that rabbit hole of like who is he what's he doing and you see he's a professional gamer and then you go man i had no idea and so and they're finding different ways of plugging it and they're integrating these uh professional gamers into other sports that like most people would would not know they even existed like they weren't even on the map so i mean they're 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 it's blown up over the last couple of years between the, the Vegas um, international competitions with a $2 million cash prize to seeing them on commercials of football matches. I mean, it, it, is, it is intense um, where this is going. So it, it's really hard. That's why I said it was a loaded question. It's really hard to now say that it's yeah. not a sport because yeah. these guys are they're practicing 10 hours a day, six days a week, and they're getting paid ten to $20,000. A month, it's intense. Man. It's intense. I had no idea. Like I, I was, I'm familiar with the world. I knew there was a lot of money in these competitions, but to know that it was on that level, it, it blew my mind when I when I started like reading into it. Um, and uh, and I wonder. Uh, of course, you start looking at the uh, the sports that people come up really after the ones that they they attack. You know the the MMA, the boxing, you know, the hockey, the football, you know, and then when they, uh, when they start talking about like the head trauma and things like that, you know, I, I wonder if that, uh, if the future is esports. That's a cool, <laughs> maybe, and, and yeah. maybe not, I, maybe not in my lifetime. But, but going back to the yeah. VR conversation, yeah. maybe it could be. Now you have like real life athletes on these 360 treadmills for playing virtual football where there's no um, violence and, and you're not prone to injuries but you can still play the game and you can even add different dy dynamics to the game that might maybe quote unquote make it more exciting because you know the football lights on fire when you throw it really hard or like these different things right that, that just oh, might yeah. be visually oh, wow. but then now everybody can experience it because now you can just pull the video up on YouTube and now you're watching these matches instead of having to go pay the $150 football ticket, $50 for parking, you know, $10 for a hot dog. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something. I never really went down that rabbit hole and thought about it. Um, so I just thought, just crazy interesting. And I just wanted to tell you about it because I knew that you had not been, uh, you're probably not reading up into it as much no, as I am. That's the first I've heard of it. That, <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, that's, that's a lot bigger money than I, than I was expecting. And, well, from what I'm told, it's average too. Yeah. You know, these guys have huge endorsement. It, actually, you know what's funny? It's just, I just got reminded of this. This is how my mind works. This is why I can't do a podcast alone. Um, the Game, he's a rapper. You familiar with him, The Game? No. He was, uh, like, in the, in the early 2000s, he was a part of G-Unit, which was, like, 50 Cent. You got to know 50 oh, Cent, yeah. right? His little group of, his entourage of rappers, and they put out. So The Game, who's no longer friends with 50, they had a big falling out. I heard or read somewhere where he's amongst the top rated, like legitimately rated Madden players oh, really? in the world. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's the real deal, man. It's crazy. So like for, for all you parents out there, or even Jim yourself, it, <laughs> it's, really, it's really, really hard to deter somebody from like wanting to go game. I heard this joke from a comedian um, when I was like, you know, researching a topic, I came across a podcast of this comedian he says something along the lines of like, uh, 
It's only a matter of time before he's, you know, his son's like, oh, I want to go to bed. He's like, no, you go downstairs, damn it, and get right back on that video game. And you practice. It, it was funny as hell, but I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that we might be heading you there. Why can't you be a success like your friend Johnny? <laughs> right. <laughs> he plays video games and makes a very good writing. <laughs> Colleges for fools. <laughs> go pick up Madden. Uh, I just, you know, and I got to be honest with you, that deep down inside, everybody has that, uh, that alter person. Deep down inside, I have a complete, like, punk rock anarchist. So anytime I find, you know, like, there's a situation like that where these kids were just hanging out in their room, getting yelled at by everybody, and, and they just, you know, they find a way to, like, turn around and throw it in everybody's faces. Right. You know, of course, like, the Lords of Dogtown, you know, these, these punk... Lords of Dogtown. Uh, the, the, uh, Who was that? Uh, the Skaters? No idea. Uh, oh. Uh, great. You know, of course, true, uh, true story. If you ever get a chance, watch the movie, read the book. Uh, it's really, yeah, really phenomenal. They were just uh, they were just some surfers, right? And um, they would kind of skateboard, you know, because it was very similar to surfing for them. And they just like took the skating scene by storm. They just came out and just did all these like crazy tricks that nobody imagined. And of course, they're the reason, you know, where uh, that we have uh, people just emptying out pools and you know and uh, and skating in pools and and stuff like that. Right. But like I said, they were just a, a bunch of like. Like reject, throw up, th- right, thrown right. out, and those are the best success stories. And became most of them became millionaires. People who fight the adversity that they yeah. face, but they they fought for what they believed in and knew deep down what what they were meant to do. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, I will look into that. I've never heard of them. It's it's <laughs> kind of funny. But I know so the, this has to be in the '90s, right? The whole skateboarding, uh, yeah. swimming pool uh, thing. That was yeah. that was a '90s thing, I think. Right. Alva Alva was one of the big ones. Uh, Peralta and and a. Uh, uh, you know, I have heard of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you a real life story. This is 2009, 2010. I've, I've told this story before, and I, I think I've told it to you. Uh, but to put it out there in, in, in digital world, <coughs> I uh, before gaming was at least known to the level it's known at now, um, 2009, 2010, I worked with this kid. This kid actually worked for me. But I worked with this, this kid. I say kid. He was younger than me. But who was a professional gamer. He would take these long periods of time off because he would go travel with these, con- these competitions that he was in. And at the time, we would just roll our eyes like, what's a professional gamer? And, well, and you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Like, what's a professional gamer? And it was more, it was more, um, what's the word? It was more silly. It's not the word I wanted to use, but it's more silly than, than something that we took seriously. But we knew he was actually doing it. He was going there, and I guess he was winning decent enough money. He had a nice pickup truck it was lifted and tinted but obviously he wasn't doing well enough where he wouldn't be he's not working for me anymore he was still working with me right so um it was interesting but here we are years later now the now the esports world has blown up to where it is now he's out of the prime if you will he's in his 30s um where now he owns a esports team and he's building up this um this empire and i call it an empire because in one year's time um, just what the work that he's done has been incredible to see. So uh, shout out to Eric. Uh, he might actually be listening to his podcast, and I know he follows me pretty closely. But uh, Eric and the work he's done and Team Sentinel, who I am affiliated with. So this wasn't a cheap plug. It is a cheap plug, but it was a non-intentional cheap <laughs> plug. Um, Team Sentinel and what they're doing is, is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, but that, that's kind of like a real-life success story of like, you know, these – these people that you would think are the uh, the nerds of the day, you know, like yeah. no one took gaming seriously. Anyone who had somebody who said that they were professionally gaming was kind of like, 
know, okay, like where's that gonna get you? And uh, joke's on us. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Um, so it, it's intense. It, it's truly intense. Yeah, one thing I've, I've always said is I can't be that person that if they ever make a movie about one of my kids, that I'm the dad that they're like, oh, he always told me I couldn't do it and I'd never succeed. Man, if they make a movie about any of my kids, I can't be that dad. You know, so I, I, I tell you what, if, if one of my kids said, hey, I want to be a professional colorer, you know, and I was like, buddy, follow your dreams, man. <laughs> yeah. I will, whatever support you need from me as your parent, I will back you. And I may, t- I may talk a little smack behind your back, right. but to your face, I will tell you I love you and you can accomplish anything. And that's just being a good parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Though. You just don't know where it's going to take you. I mean, who, who would have guessed, you know? You know, because you talk about just generationally, it happens so quick because let's call it my generation, the gaming generation, um, millennials probably, right? Um, just the generation before me was the um, the outdoorsy, riding bikes. Like that was that was the way you killed your Saturday. And in just one generation, it turned into playing video games. And that was like just a, a drastic thing that was really hard for us to um, to wrap our minds around. So I think seeing what is happening in the industry is... Um, healthy because now we can we can stand behind it and and uh, kind of swallow our own words. Uh, the interesting thing though is it will eventually become flooded, and it will eventually lose its um, it'll it'll lose its authenticity because these other industries would jump in. It's going to get pulled in so many different directions. It's going to turn into an advertising game, kind of like when you think about the Super Bowl and how it was crucially and it still is, but how how it was crucially important 20, 30 years ago. That's, that's what most people live for, was that February game, and now it's so flooded with the advertising and all this other stuff, it's almost become a circus or a charade for, um, for a game that people don't even care about the game as much as they care about um, what they're gonna, you know, what's going to be announced during the halftime show, or, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. And I think that it's, it's only a matter of time, because now you're, you're talking about the generation and how consumed we get by product, um, and how important it is for... Uh, a generation, this current generation, to um, look and play a certain role rather than be like authentic and care about your personal brand. Um, I think that is really, really close, and it's only a matter of time before that switch gets flipped and people are going to lose its interest because it's like Facebook ads. The moment it, Facebook gets too bad with ads and they're close, I think, um, is the moment we come off the platform because we just don't want it. So. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it does continue to evolve and who's gonna take it to that to that next level. You know how big the Super Bowl is. Did I tell you about the concert I went to? Um, the one where you got sweated on by um, who did you go see? <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. Who was that? Who did you see? I feel like you went to go see like a Godsmack or a, who was that? The Foo Fighters. Um, Foo Fighters. I was gonna say Pro Jam. So yeah. they spent three months build uh, building this facility. Right, um, and uh, there were two different tickets you could buy. You could buy a general admission, which was two hundred and fifty dollars, or a VIP, which was twenty five hundred dollars. And, and uh, the VIP, they had sofas and, and catered food and things like that. Right, um, if you if you were lucky enough to be uh, to be on the fan club for the Foo Fighters, the two hundred fifty dollar ticket was only sixty dollars. Right, so um, me uh, me and a friend went. Now, if you're a, DirecTV evidently does this for the Super Bowl every year. They spent three months building this facility. You imagine with the opening band and the Foo Fighters, maybe four hours. What do you think they did the next day? 
started tearing it tearing down. Around, yeah, they course. literally only built this 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 enclosure, which I mean, it was top notch. You know, it was gorgeous, and just for one night for a couple of hours, right. and that's for the people, you know, uh, for the people that uh, that just want to go and enjoy the Super Bowl and have something have something to do. Right. Directv aired the uh, the concert for free, you know, for uh, sure. for their members or whatever, but. To spend three months building right. and establishing and countless of millions of dollars for yeah, a yeah. couple of hours, that shows you how big the Super Bowl is, right? But uh, yeah, but I mean, but it, it has become yeah. you know I didn't watch, but a couple of minutes of this past Super Bowl because one I didn't have any interest in the teams, but I, I, I but it's like like the Pro Bowl I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in a couple of years just because of how much they changed it and they try to make so I just think I think it is, and I'm just speaking this is one man's opinion but I'm just thinking with. How how fast we lose attention? I mean, you're talking. You have three seconds to to grab somebody's attention, or it's gone. Oh, so yeah. like you swipe up, it's gone. Um, Did you have so, the opportunity to do it to do anything? You know, uh, with like downtown Atlanta when the Super Bowl was here. Uh, no, I avoided. I mean, I worked that weekend, but uh, have, have you ever been to a Super Bowl? Uh, nope. I will. I, I will tell you. I, I've been to two, and I've never been inside. Uh, actually, after my son's uh, hockey practice. On Super Bowl Sunday, I said to him, I said, you know, how about we just you know, stop, off, stop, uh, stop off, we'll take Marta. And he's like, and do what? I was like, buddy, go see, <laughs> go see the greatest freak show you'll ever see in your life. I was like, that's the thing about the Super Bowl. I mean, in every every corner, you know, any anywhere close you get, it is the, it is the wildest freak show you'll ever see. Right. And we just went around and we just walked for hours. Right. Just, in, just soaking in the, the utter insanity. Right. And it was a blast. I think, though, that the moment somebody or some company figures out how to recapture attention because you know I, I guess what i'm getting to here and i'm just like i'm just thinking out loud this is obviously unscripted but is the next generation how much they're going to care about the super bowl so something something's got to be done and uh, so it's going to be the same for the gaming community as we compete start to completely embellish you know what's what's really happening then maybe the event starts to lose its uh its capacity to gain attention. So I don't know. I, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. We're seeing you know a lot of the attention being shifted from television to YouTube, and why is that? Because of the freedom to just move on to the next thing. And you know, with television, you're stuck on that channel, or you know if you want to see the result of whatever you're watching, you you have to wait it out. On YouTube, you don't have to. You fast forward, you skip, you know you go to the next episode. It's it, so it's evolving. It's evolving quick. And I think that, uh, so that's going to be, and even for me, in 2-6 Gaming Cafe, I've been asked multiple times, what is your niche? Like, what's, what's going to be your thing that's going to separate you? Or, you know, how are you going to make this thing successful? And uh, my honest answer is, because of, the, because of the relentless content that we're going to put out, it's going to be constant engagement. So I think that the future of what we're going to be doing is going to be predicated on feedback. Not all feedback because some people are just, you know, they're gonna troll you, right? I mean, you just, people, there's some people out there you can never please, right? Uh, one person wants a raise and then once you get in the raise because you think it's gonna make them happy, now they're, now they're complaining that they don't have you know, more time on the weekends or you know, more holidays off. I mean, you're never gonna please people, but I think there, there is a degree of, of listening to your consumer and adapting to that. Um, I think it's just business one-on-one though, right? Just evolving. Um, somebody said it and I, I wish I remember who, to give them proper credit, but you should be working every day to put yourself out of business. And uh, 
I don't mean like sucking at business and closing, but I mean by, by doing what your competitors are going to be doing to you. So if you're not doing it ahead of your competitors, a competitor is going to do it for you. They're going to put you out of business. So, um, so that's just kind of the, uh, the direction that I'm going to take with it. So, you know, on the topic of, of what we were just talking about, I can't help but to wonder, like, not that I care, that's somebody else's problem. Right. But, uh, but how, how are they going to evolve that to, to continue to hold people's attention? It'd be interesting to see. I don't know. You know, I think that on, on the kind of that, uh, the topic of the niche that you're creating in the, in the market is people want to be surrounded by people of, of like ideas and interests. You know, it's, it's no different than the, uh, than the, the high school cafeteria, right? Uh, people with like ideas and interests, you know, uh, those are their cliques. Those are, those are their groups, right? And uh, especially when it's a situation where you get hounded. You know, yeah. for, for doing what, what you love, right? Mm. Are you on those video games? Right, you know, right. Are you back on those video games? Come on. But even in uh, that environment, how do you prevent somebody from getting ostracized? Oh, so, but more what I was saying is, you know, now you're creating an environment where, you know, uh, no, no, nobody's going to be chastising you for, you know, for spending too much time. Right, right, because you're with, you're with yeah. like-minded people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, it's and, been really like interesting. And, very interesting. You know, when I, when I first had the idea and I was trying to, conceptually pitch it to somebody before I had the idea fully formulated. And I may have said this to you. Um, I use the analogy, it's probably a, a bad analogy, but I use the analogy of a bar. You can cheaper and more easily purchase alcohol and drink at home. Oh yeah. But people choose to go to the bar, not because they feel like spending two more dollars per beer, because they want to put themselves in an environment where they're around other people. And uh, so that's just kind of the analogy that I use when it comes to uh, the Two Six Gaming Cafe um, concept, um, we'll call it now. But uh, but Jim, and this has been fun. We're out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. And uh, you know, as always, I do appreciate you doing this with me. It's a lot of fun. It's gonna be interesting to listen to and recap um, this podcast. Um, but uh, I appreciate it, man. It's been good having you. Yeah, and I, I will share with uh, with everybody since you made the comment that. Uh, People prefer to stay uh, to stay in on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, versus going out. I'm going to drag you up Kennesaw Mountain today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right as soon as as soon as we wrap this up, we are heading up to Kennesaw Mountain. For anybody who doesn't know, I am located conveniently here in Georgia. Um, originally from Woodstock, but now in Kennesaw. Uh, it's a nice nice little area. It's quieter on this time, but uh, I am near Kennesaw Mountain, so uh, that's that's where we're heading right now, and that's a good note to end on. So get out there, people. Exercise. It's good for you. All right, until next time, this is James and uh, co-host Jim Ennis. And this has been uh, our inaugural episode of the Two Sticks Gaming Cafe podcast. So again, uh, use hashtag Two Sticks podcast. Um, Any questions, comments, I'll try to get them on. I'm going to be actively working that uh, hashtag. And uh, and we'll probably get you on a a future episode. So uh, thanks for listening.